0: Today's passage comes from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 13, and then 19 to 21. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient.
1: So as Chris already mentioned, we come this morning to the section of the Creed that says, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. I can remember being fairly confused by that when I was a little kid. I grew up in an Anglican church, and a church where they would say the Apostle's Creed quite regularly. And I couldn't understand why we were saying we believed in the Catholic church. I was pretty sure they were the guys down the road, that we weren't them. We were the Anglican church. Why don't we say we believe in the Anglican church? Uh, It was a few years later that I realised that uh, Catholic in this sense uh, doesn't mean the church down the road. Catholic means the universal church, God's worldwide church, God's people right across the whole planet. And communion of the saints, well, that's saying that God's people are united by their faith in Jesus. And it's an amazing thing, isn't it, that you can travel to another country and meet people who you know are your brothers and sisters, Christians in Zimbabwe or Christians in Thailand or Christians in Nepal, you know that they are brothers and sisters in Christ, that we do share a common union because of our trust in Jesus. But what comes to mind when you hear the word church? I mean, what's the image that you get straight away? What is it that you see when you hear the word church? For a lot of people, it's building. Uh, That sandstone building here in Campbell Street, people would say, that's a church up on the screen there. Maybe the first thing that comes to your mind is people gathering together, because that's getting closer to what the Bible has to say. The word church comes up 109 times in the New International Version of the Bible, and it never once means building. The word that gets translated as church is the word ecclesia, which literally means those who have been called out, the called out people. Now, most of the time uh, when we use the word church, uh, we, we think of uh, specific little groups in different places, and sometimes the word gets used that way in the pages of the New Testament as well. So we'll read about the church in Corinth or the church in Philippi or the church that meets in the house of Priscilla and, and Aquila. There are references like this, though, that tell us that the church has a broader sense in the pages of the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. That's not simply the church in Ephesus, but the church right across the world. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Again, not one specific congregation, but the whole church worldwide is what Paul has in mind. In those verses, we get a bit closer to understanding what the creed means by the church, that it's all believers everywhere who are called by God to be his people. The church is the people who have been united by God, called by God to be his people. And God hasn't just called us into a relationship with himself, he's called us into a relationship with others. God wants us to be a part of that called out people. God wants us to be a part of that group. Now it's important to realise that the church isn't something that we came up with. I mean, we we do a pretty good job of messing it up quite a lot, but the idea of the church is God's church. This is something that he came up with. It's not a man-made institution. The church is what God intended, what God purposed for his people, that they would be called out to be his people, to represent him in this world. Creed says, "I believe in the holy catholic church." But it's not simply that we believe that the church exists, We believe that the church is how God is at work in the world, that God has the church for a purpose. And the Bible describes the role of the church in a few different ways um, and and it has a few different priorities. The church exists, first of all, so that God's people can grow in their knowledge and love of God. We're called together together, to help each other to better know God. And probably the most important way that we do that is by looking at what God's word has to say. That will be what tells us clearly what God is like and what our relationship with God ought to look like. When Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, he talked about the gifts that had been given to people. Ephesians chapter 4, he says this, it was he, that is God, who gave some to be apostles some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the full, to the, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Do you see what God's purpose is here in establishing the church? That we're going to be built up, that we're going to be strengthened in our relationship with God, that we'll move towards maturity in Christ. And he says that there are four particular roles within the life of the church that will enable that to happen. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastor teachers. Those four roles all seem to revolve around God's word people who are able to teach from the Bible. And that's the way that God's people are built up. That's the way that they are prepared for works of service. That's the way that they come to unity in the faith. That's the way they mature in their Christian lives, by meeting together and by learning from God's word. That's why we look at the Bible each Sunday here at Campbell Street. That's why we place such a high priority on Bible study groups so that we can better know God, better know God's purpose for our lives. We do that. We look at God's word so that we can move toward maturity. Paul says a little bit further on in Ephesians, in chapter 5, verse 19, he says, Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. When he writes to the Colossian church, he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, And as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, with gratitude to God. So that's why we make music a part of what we do on Sundays as well. But the church isn't just about public meetings. The church is about relationships. The church is about being part of a family, a a group, a community of believers who are showing love and concern to each other. God has called us to encourage one another, to look out for each other, to care for one another. That expression one another gets used dozens and dozens of times in the pages of the New Testament. We're encouraged to love one another to forgive one another, to serve one another, to bear with one another, to be devoted to one another, to encourage one another, spur one another on, submit to one another, honour one another, and the list goes on and on. I'm sure that the same is probably true in your life. With most of the decisions that we tend to make, we we first of all think about ourselves. How will this impact me? We can be quite selfish in our decision-making processes. But the church ought to be the place where we also think of others, not just of our own interests, but the interests of others as well. And again, that's not going to come very naturally to us. That needs to be something that we continually work at. And it's a little counterintuitive for us in a world that says, you should be thinking about your best interests. Forget about everybody else. It may sound like hard work. But the church ought to be the place where you know that there are people who have your best interests at heart, that you know that there are people who are are looking out for you, committed to assisting you and helping you and encouraging you and serving you. And at a time like this, with lockdowns and restrictions, it's all the more important that we do that, that we don't just think of ourselves, but we think of others how we might be able to encourage them. A church should be a place where you know that people genuinely have your interests at heart, a place where people have your best interests at heart. And Jesus said that should stand out, that us as Christians, the whole world should know that we are followers of Jesus because of the love and the concern that we show for each other. I said before that the church is God's called out people, and yes, we are called out together to love and to serve one another. But God also called us out to help others come to know Jesus. The way that God has chosen to make himself known in this world is through the preaching of the gospel, the message about Jesus being passed on to people who haven't heard it or haven't yet believed it. And the church is going to be the vehicle by which God does that in our world. I love the way that Peter describes it in his first letter. He says this in 1 Peter chapter 2. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. When we become God's people, we become part of that people, priesthood, nation that declares the praises of God for what he's done for us in his son, Jesus. The prophet Isaiah, hundreds of years before Jesus even came, said that that would be what happens. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 4, in that day... You will say, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done and proclaim that he is exalted. I think it would be safe to say that that's the main task of the church. That's our mission, that's our core business right there. Making known to the rest of this world what it is that God has done for them in Jesus. One of the important things that the Bible says about the church is that everybody has a part to play. The image that comes up a number of times in the Bible is the idea of a body, just as your body's made up of many parts, so the church is made up of many different parts. Let me read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 14. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but of many If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And then down to verse 18. But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. And that's what our church ought to look like. Many parts but one body, united by our trust in Jesus, united by a mission to take this message of Jesus to the world. And by the Holy Spirit, gifts are given to each one of us to be able to serve within the life of the church. We won't all do the same things. But we're gifted by God to serve. Now I'm not sure that you can come up with an exhaustive list of all of the gifts that God has given to His people. There's a a few places in the New Testament where they get where they get mentioned. They come up in one Corinthians chapter twelve and Romans twelve and Ephesians chapter four. Some of the gifts that God gives us are, are miraculous. Some of them are pretty. Ordinary things like administration or being generous. But the most important thing to understand about these gifts is that they're not given for your benefit. They're given for the benefit of others. They're not given to make you feel important. They're given for the sake of others within the life of our church. God has given you gifts for the benefit of others. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. For the common good. And Paul says this in Romans chapter 12, just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. The Apostles' Creed includes those words, I believe in the holy Catholic Church, because the church is important. As I said earlier, the church is not some man-made institution. The church is the means by which God is at work in this world. By being part of Campbell Street Church, we hope that you're strengthened and built up in your Christian life by the, by the activities of our church. By being part of Campbell Street Church, you have a chance to serve and to encourage others with the gifts and abilities that God has given to you. your involvement in a church really ought to be a high priority. This man's name is Les Paul. And if you know anything about guitars, then you know who this man is. He's the designer of the Gibson Les Paul guitar, which has stood the test of time, been around for about 50 years or more, and and guitarists are still playing it today. But Les Paul was a passionate guitarist, And, uh, loved making guitars and playing guitars. But in 1948, when he was only 37 years of old, he was in, 37 years old, he was in a car accident and his arm was very badly broken, his right arm. And he was told that he would never have the full use of that arm again. And he managed to convince the doctors to set his arm at a 90-degree angle where he would not be able to move it very much at all. But he set it at a 90-degree angle so that he could continue to play the guitar. I mean, think about that. Having your arm fixed at an angle of 90 degrees, that's going to make a whole lot of things in life very difficult. But Les Paul did it because playing guitar was his highest priority. He was willing to fit every other area of his life around playing guitar. Now, can I say it again? If the church is the means by which God is committed to working in our world, and if the church is how you will be strengthened and built up in your relationship with God, and if the church is where you can serve and encourage others with the gifts and the abilities that God has given you, And if the church is how God intends the message of the gospel to be shared with the world, then like the creed says, we should be able to proudly say, I believe in the Catholic church and the communion of saints.